Christmas, everybody. Good to have you here. Welcome, welcome online. Good to have you. New Lenox, Homer, Orland, we're so glad to have you here. Um, they call me Tim. They call me PT. You call me whatever you want. I am just glad to have you here. And I just want to put your mind at ease because I know some of you are like visiting and you're like, man, this is pretty weird so far, right? A lot of lights, a lot of, you know, loudness. Uh, I just want you to know nothing weirder is going to happen, okay? Not going to be any dancing in the aisles. There's not going to be any predictions of the timing of the end of the world, and there will be no snake handling, okay? Everybody cool? We're going to be good. Uh, I'll tell you what Christmas means, and we'll have communion together, and you're welcome to join us in communion if you want to. You don't have to be a member of this church. Um, You know, if you're a believer, you're welcome to join us. It doesn't even matter if you're a sinner, because everyone else in here is also. I mean, look around just for a second, right? Okay, just trust me on that. And uh, these cups are a pain, right? So if you start right now, maybe you'll have the cellophane off the top of it by the time we get to the end of the service, all right? Because it is really, really difficult and we'd love to have you join us and be with us. And then we will sing Silent Night and light the candles. And my only request is that you try to contain yourself when it comes to the singing of Silent Night. Don't do this. Silent night, mm-hmm. holy night. I, I Okay, you with me? Here we go. While they were there, the time came for the baby to be born, and she gave birth to her firstborn a son. And she wrapped him in cloths and placed him in a manger because there was no room in the inn. You just can't read that and not feel like warm and fuzzy all over, right? Can you? But was it all warm and fuzzy? I mean, I got my little people nativity set here so that, you know, we could just be kind of reminded of the story, help you to understand it. But you got to understand, it's a baby born seemingly out of wedlock to a poor couple wrapped in cloths and lying in a feed trough in a barn. Everything about the nativity really is the opposite of what you would expect. The first witnesses, the shepherds over here, uh, were basically, you know, the guys who lived in a van down by the river, okay? They were, they were the lowest class there was. And these wise men over here on this side, they're, they're from modern-day Afghanistan, okay? They weren't followers of the right God. They were astrologers. They followed a star. They basically found out about Jesus in the horoscope. You understand that? And Joseph is this poor blue-collar worker, and Mary is a woman who is really a girl. I mean, she's barely done playing baby dolls and now she has a baby of her own and all I'm saying is that as you look at this scene you need to grasp the concept that God came to the unlikely through the unlikely just in case you're feeling unlikely today and if you are you're in the right place I want to tell you that there's more to the story also, okay? If you ever took a creative writing class, there are a couple of important components to a story, right? Every great story, you can't have a great story without a conflict. There has to be a story, right? Even romantic comedies, you have to have a conflict. I'm an expert in romantic comedies because I have three daughters, okay? I've seen them all. Ted Lasso says I'm a rom-communist, okay? I've seen them all. And the worst comes out of Christmas, right? We got Hallmark and then, you know, you got to deal with all this, right? My favorite dumb one is when Ben Affleck, you're going to have to go look this one up, rents a family for Christmas. 
And then he falls in love with his rented sister. You might be a redneck, right? I mean, I, they're all over the place. But even in a romantic comedy, you've got a conflict and you have a hero and you have a villain. I mean, that's the way a good story works. A protagonist and an antagonist. Think about Christmas. You got George Bailey, who's the, you know, who's the antagonist? Mr. Potter. You got Bob Cratchit. You got Scrooge. You got Clark Griswold. He has his boss, Frank Shirley. John McClane has Hans Gruber. All the classic ones, right? There's always a conflict and a protagonist and an antagonist. So here's my question. Why does that make such a good story? And I would say it's because it's reality. The story behind the story of this and all of humanity is that there is a conflict, there is a protagonist, and there is an antagonist. And we don't really ever talk about that because we just want to, you know, do the warm fuzzy thing at Christmas. But there's a conflict. And the conflict is not the fact that the baby is born in the barn. The conflict is that Herod is trying to kill them. And he ends up committing mass genocide trying to kill them. And they have to flee to Egypt to another country. That's the conflict. But I would like to propose that we pull even farther back from that story. The Herod wasn't really the antagonist because there's an unseen story going on here. Did you ever wonder why there were so many angels around? I mean, why did the heavenly host have to come down to the shepherds and scare them half to death? Did God need an army of angels to announce the birth of Jesus? No. He could have sent Clarence from It's a Wonderful Life to do that. Wasn't that hard? So why were there so many angels? And I think it's because the view from heaven on that first Christmas is so vastly different than the one we celebrate with our quaint little nativity scene and our silent night. Because there was a war going on between good and evil on this planet. And there still is. Between God's purposes for humanity and the evil force that wants to disrupt that. How else do you explain the murder and racism and greed and poverty and abuse and hatred of this world if there's not an antagonist? It's because of conflict with the antagonist. And here's what the Apostle John said. The reason the Son of God appeared was to destroy the devil's work, okay? The reason Jesus became a man on the earth was to destroy the devil's work, okay? This wasn't a warm, fuzzy holiday. It was an invasion. So when the wise men show up, they asked the religious leaders, where's the king going to be born? And they said, in Bethlehem, in Judea, this is what the prophet has written. But you, Bethlehem, out of you will come a ruler who will be the shepherd of my people. Jesus was born to be the ruler. He invaded this planet to rule the planet. That's why he told the crowd just before he went to his crucifixion, now the prince of this world will be driven out. I mean... <laughs> You probably didn't come to Christmas Eve to hear about the devil, did you? I, I, I get it, okay? But stay with me, all right? I, I know a lot of people don't even want to believe in it, you know? Like, is there really a, a devil? You know, we make jokes about it. You know what happens if you don't pay your exorcist? You get repossessed. Thank you, thank you. Somebody try to stay with me, okay? Right? 
I'm here all week. I mean, the veal's not that great. So, so many Christians regard Satan as this personification, right? Kind of like Uncle Sam is the personification of patriotism. And that's the personification of Israel. But here's the deal. The Bible teaches that there is a spirit called the devil, and he has many other names, Satan, Prince of Darkness, the Evil One, the Father of Lies, the Roaring Lion, the Great Dragon, or my favorite... Beelzebub. I just want to leave you waiting for the guitar solo. I'm just doing that on purpose because I'm that mean, okay? The rest of the night, you're going to be like, ah, I need the guitar solo. Beelzebub, whatever you want to call him, okay? It doesn't matter. By putting several verses of scripture together, we learn that Satan was an archangel of God named Lucifer who led a rebellion against God. Here is the untold story of Christmas from the book of Revelation. And there was a war in heaven, and the great dragon was hurled down, that ancient serpent called the devil, or Satan, who leads the world astray. And then because Adam and Eve sin and bring sin into the world, they open this world up to his domain, okay? That's how I explain evil. That's how I explain the, the crummy things that go on in this world. And I want to read to you the Revelation story from the book of Revelation. And, and I know probably you've never heard this before unless you've heard me do it because I did it once before. But, but I'm going to put on my sweater. We're going to do Masterpiece Theater here with the fireplace. We're going to go for a little bit of music. Here we go. I'm going to get out the big book. Uh, my back's going to be out by the time I get done with all this. And I'm going to read the Christmas story that you probably haven't heard. Here we go. It was the night before Christmas. No, just kidding. Not that one. Here it is. Revelation 12. Then I witnessed in heaven an event of great significance, John said. This is in the Bible. I saw a woman. She was pregnant. And she cried out in the pain of labor as she awaited her delivery. Suddenly, I witnessed in heaven another significant event. I saw a large red dragon with seven heads and ten horns. Are you having fun yet? With seven crowns on his heads, and he stood before the woman as she was about to give birth to her child, ready to devour the baby as soon as it was born. And she gave birth to a boy who was to rule the nations with an iron rod. And the child was snatched away from the dragon and caught up to God and to his throne. And then I heard a loud voice shouting across the heavens, It has happened at last, the salvation and power and kingdom of our God and authority of Christ. For the accuser has been thrown down to earth, the one who accused the brothers and sisters before God day and night. But terror will come upon the earth and the sea. For the devil has come down to you in great anger, and he knows that he has little time. Then the dragon became angry at the woman, and he declared war against all the rest of her children, all who keep God's commandments and confess that they belong to Jesus. Woohoo! Anybody want some eggnog now? It's the most wonderful time of the year, right? I mean, this, this is a crazy story. It's about a dragon trying to eat this baby before it comes out, and the baby is the ruler, and the dragon is mad because he doesn't get the opportunity, and you never want to hear that story again. I understand. I'm just saying that this is why the apostle Peter said, be self-controlled and alert. Your enemy, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion seeking whom he may devour. And this is why I need you to understand that, that, 
we don't have this holiday to drink eggnog and watch Frosty. We have this holiday to defeat the power of Satan. Whether you'd like it or not, we're in a battle, and maybe it's not a bad idea to have a red dragon in your nativity scene. Because there is a war that's going on up here. And this enemy of ours will use temptation, distraction, apathy, unforgiveness, whatever he he can come up with. And he's good at this because he's been doing it for a long time to trip us up. Why would I bring this up at Christmas? Well, John Eldridge writes, to live in ignorance of spiritual warfare is the most naive and dangerous thing a person can do. It's like skipping through the worst part of town late at night, waving your wallet above your head. It's like walking into an Al-Qaeda training camp wearing an I love the United States shirt. It's like swimming with the great white sharks dressed as a wounded sea lion and smeared with blood. And let me tell you something, you don't escape spiritual warfare simply because you choose not to believe that it exists or because you refuse to fight it. This is why the Apostle Paul said, for our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers and against the powers and against the authorities and against the powers of the dark world and and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. Let me encourage you with this because I know it's not sounding like a holly jolly Christmas yet. But, But you need to understand that the reason Jesus came was to beat the dragon, okay? And if you understand that there's a spiritual war going on, it will help you when you start having a, a marriage struggle, for example. Wouldn't it be better to know that you're not really fighting with your spouse? Your struggle is not against flesh and blood, it's against the powers of darkness. Because then you could draw on the strength of Jesus and pray for the protection of Jesus and realize that you really love that person. And it's Satan that's making you feel like you need a little help from Jack Daniels. And speaking of Jack Daniels, what about that addiction? Can I just say something to all of you, and maybe it's all of us, period, who really have a hard time not doing stuff we know we ought to not do? You are not a bad person. There's a dragon, and he knows your weakness. And our weaknesses are called strongholds in the Bible because that's an easy place where the devil can put his foot on your wall and climb it up because he knows where your weaknesses are. Here's what I mean. If you just think you're a bad person with addictions, you won't ever change. But with the knowledge of a higher power, to use AA terms, a higher power that is higher than the stupid dragon, you can win. And we'd love to help you. That's what we're here for as a church. We're going to start on January 8th. We're going to start this Jesus, who is this man series. And we're going to go through this together and learn who Jesus is. And when we learn who Jesus is and we learn the power that we have from Jesus, it's going to help us live our life. Because ignoring the red dragon doesn't do us any good. I don't know that you need to go find one of these necessarily and put it in here, but I'd sure love for you to see this as not just a simple scene where Jesus just comes and the the Son of God just comes in and and, and he plops down. Don't think that it's all about the, the, the crucifixion and the resurrection later. 
But if I'm you, your question, my five-year-old grandson asked his mom this week, why are we still here then, mom? She was trying to explain this whole thing about what heaven is going to be like and you know how it's going to be perfect someday. And he was like, well, how come we're still here? And why is there still a dragon? I want to be in a new heaven and a new earth with no death, mourning, crying, or pain, or dragon. So does Georgie. All of us do. But the reason that we're not there yet is because God is not going to force anybody to go with him. We all have to choose to go. That's why he gave Adam and Eve the freedom of choice in the first place. And he's giving that choice to you to make as well. And if you've already chosen Jesus, the reason you're still here is to tell everybody else that choosing Jesus is a way better idea than choosing the dragon. And in the meantime, well, Plato said it best. Only the dead have seen the end of war. Now before, if you're visiting, you think, man, that that pastor's really well-read. He reads Greek philosophers. I got that quote from Call of Duty video game, okay? pops up when you die, okay? I'm just saying, and, I, and, I, and I, I, I do that a lot. So this is the best way I can describe it, okay? Christmas was D-Day in World War II, okay? Think Saving Private Ryan, think Invasion of Normandy, right? When they stormed the beaches, when they finally landed in Normandy with all those people, and they took a lot of casualties, and you know all that, but when they landed and they got there, that's what Christmas represented, because that established a beachhead in Europe, and, and we all, everybody, the whole world knew, really, once we landed there, the war was over. Hitler was going to be defeated. It just took a while for it to happen. And the, lie, the birth and the life and the death and the resurrection of Jesus means the war is won, but it doesn't mean it's over yet. And that's why sometimes life is hard. And that's why we would have a blizzard on Christmas Eve, okay? That should be proof enough for you right there. So up to here, you might be thinking, this is the most depressing Christmas sermon I've ever heard. Uh, I should have stayed home and watched that rented sister movie. Uh, I don't even know why I'm here. Listen, listen. The untold war story of Christmas is that as soon as Jesus came to this world as a tiny little baby, we won. That's why we sing joy to the world. For good reason. Salvation has come. The king has come to save us, and the victory is already here. John said, you, dear children, are from God. If you have Jesus, you are from God, and you have overcome, because the one who is in you is greater than the one who is in the world, okay? Jesus is greater than the dragon. That is the truth. So if you want help, you can ignore the idea if you want to, but if you want help, you need to understand and believe and love Jesus, that's the Christmas story. I got to be in Bethlehem uh, a couple of months ago. We took a trip with some people from the church, and I made you a little video. Here you go. So I'm here in Bethlehem. This is uh, obviously where Jesus was born. Uh, you see Jerusalem behind me right over there. It was that close. And this is the field where David was a shepherd boy when he was anointed king, even though he was the one son of Jesse that didn't even make the cut. 
Samuel said, no, that's the one I want. Um, he's right there in that field. He's a shepherd boy. He's the lowliest. And this is the field where the Ruth and Boaz story happened. I mean, so much history happens in one spot in this little country here when you look at the Bible. But this is obviously the place where the angels broke through from the supernatural to the natural to tell us that there was a bigger story. That's what we've been talking about, a bigger story that's going on spiritually all around us. What's so interesting about this place is that when the wise men followed the star that was obviously pointing to a bigger story, they came to Jerusalem again, right there, eight miles away, and asked the religious leaders, where is the Christ to be born? And they said, oh, he's going to be born down there in Bethlehem. The religious leaders didn't even bother to come down. Only the wise men did. And the shepherds wouldn't have known if it hadn't been for supernatural intervention as well. An angelic chorus. Let me read it for you here. And there were shepherds living out in the fields nearby, keeping watch over their flocks by night. An angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terrified. But the angel said to them, Do not be afraid. I bring you good news that will cause great joy for all the people. Today in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He is the Messiah, the Lord. This will be a sign to you. You will find a baby wrapped in cloths, lying in a manger. And suddenly a great company of the heavenly host appeared with the angel, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest heaven and on earth. Peace to those on whom his favor rests. Glory to God in the highest. What I want you to imagine, if you can imagine being here with me, is that the angel story to Mary, the angel coming to uh, Joseph, and the angels breaking through at Christmas time, as well as the star, were a way of God telling us there's something bigger going on. There is a war in heaven. Deliver us from evil because this world is broken because there is a red dragon and he's trying to drag everybody down but glory to god in the highest i've sent the solution the the guy who wins the battle is here and as he walks up to jerusalem and sacrifices his life for us the battle is done and when he raises up from the dead the battle is really proven to be done and it's the hope that gives us everything that we need at Christmas time no matter what battles are going on no matter how much the red dragon is messing with us I mean it's fascinating to hear the Israeli Air Force flying over us right now if you if you hear that in the background you can tell there are conflicts there's a battle there's a war all around us and yet peace on earth to men on whom his favor rests and it came to the shepherds the night shift shepherds that's who got the message here in this field from the heavenly host okay I know you've read that story you've seen Linus do it I get it okay it becomes the same old thing after a while but it's not the same old thing it's the supernatural breaking into the natural, telling us that the war is won. <clears throat> As I thought about how to 
close this out and really encourage you. What I, what I really want you to understand is you know there's a dragon. You know there's evil. You know it's already there. Maybe you don't think about it. Maybe you didn't want to be reminded tonight. But, but, but the victory is what I want you to understand. The victory that comes from this story. And I thought about it. It made me think of an Old Testament story. There's a prophet named Elisha who there's this bad king is following him. Elisha's, you know, the protagonist and the king of Aram is the antagonist. And the bad king is chasing him and he chases him into a place where it looks like there's no hope. And Elisha has this servant who doesn't understand the story. He doesn't understand how good it is to be on God's side. And when the servant of the man of God got up and went out early in the next morning, the army of horses and chariots had surrounded the city. Bad king's army. Oh no, my Lord, what shall we do? The servant asked Elijah. Don't be afraid, the prophet answered. Listen to this. Those who are with us are more than those who are with them. That's the story. Those who are with us are more than those who are with them. And Elisha prayed, open his eyes, Lord, that he may see. And the Lord opened the servant's eyes and he was able to see the supernatural. And he looked and he saw the hills full of horses and chariots of fire all around Elisha. He was allowed to see like the shepherds were allowed to see into heaven and understood that those are with us are more than that army that's right there in front of us. That's what Christmas means. And as we talked about this as a team, it reminded us of a scene from Lord of the Rings the war in Middle Earth. And you've got the good guys and you've got the bad guys and you've got the conflict and you've got the good wizard Gandalf who is wise and powerful. And as the battle intensifies and the good guys are backed into a corner and it seems like all is lost, their hope is in the fact that Gandalf has gone to get more people to fight the battle. Their hope is that Gandalf is going to come back And that those who are with us are going to be more than those who are with them. And he's going to come back on the dawn of the fifth day. And and, and they say, at dawn, look to the east. And here's how it plays out in Lord of the Rings. Imagine the spiritual warfare going on around us. And all of a sudden, this happens. Your son is rising.
Lord of the Rings and Revelation Christmas. Tell all your friends, they're all going to want to come, right? It's so awesome. I love it. Here's the rest of the Revelation Christmas story. Listen to this. Yes, there's a red dragon, but on that day I saw heaven standing open and there before me was a white horse whose rider was called Faithful and True. And with justice he judges and makes war. And his eyes are like a blazing fire, and on his head are many crowns. And his name is the Word of God. And the armies of heaven were following him, and he will rule. His name is written, King of kings and Lord of lords. So for now, it's just about choosing sides. Up until Jesus, it was about being good enough. But Jesus came as good news of great joy for all the people. Peace on earth, goodwill towards men. So that when we follow him and please follow him, the reason we are still here is because he's waiting for us to follow him. When we follow him, you don't have to be good enough. You just have to choose the good guy. Because God loved the world so much that he gave his one and only son that whoever believes in him will not perish but have everlasting life. So the question this Christmas is, do you believe? I'm going to pray for us and give you a chance to answer that. Lord God, thank you for this story. Uh, Thank you for the stuff that we kind of know is going on out there, but we just don't want to talk about that there is evil in the world and it doesn't seem right. And some people want to blame you and you're okay with it. But I know that the reason that we're still here is because of your love, because you want everyone to choose to be with you, and we have to choose. And we do that today. And people, if you're here right now and you want to pray, you don't have to pray out loud, but in your heart, if you've never done this, would you just ask Jesus in? Just in your heart, repeat this after me, Jesus. I I want you to be in me. I I don't just want you to be a nice story. I don't want you to just be a good teacher. I want you to be my Lord and my Savior. If you could come in to Mary in this story, you could come in to the people in this nativity scene, if you could come into the disciples, if you could come into so many billions of people around the world, I know you can come in. I know that I'm not so bad that you wouldn't come in. And I know that I could be never good enough for you to come in. So I'm just asking, will you come in? And Lord, for the rest of us, Ah, we need some eggnog and some fun Christmas and, and all of that as much as we can. I just know that at this time of year, there are a lot of people who are feeling the red dragon. And I just pray that whether we're really feeling the presence of evil right now, that we will know that no matter what's going on, greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. That those who are with us are more than those who are with him. And we thank you for that. Be with us as we commune now in Jesus' name. Would you just keep your eyes closed for a moment? Because if you made a decision today for the first time, or maybe you're coming back to Jesus, would you just stick your hand up in the air so I can see you and pray for you? 
and I do. Thank you. Just put your hand up and let me pray for you right now. Lord, I see hands up and I know there are people whose hearts are opening to this story in a new way today and I pray that you will come upon them. Let them know this Christmas that you are here and that they have the power to overcome, not because of them, but because of you. And Lord, remind all of us of that every single day. It's in your name that we pray, amen. So we're gonna do communion, and again, you don't have to be from Parkview if you're a believer. And hey, you know what? If you just raised your hand, if you just today made a new statement of faith, this is a perfect way to celebrate. This bread represents the body of Christ that was broken for you. Take and eat. Peel the foil off. The juice is there. Jesus said, this represents the blood that I shed for you. Take and drink. Lord, we're grateful. I, I love this story. I'm glad we added another service so I could do it one more time. I can't believe how awesome it is that no matter what's going on in our lives, we know who won the battle and we know that he lives in us. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Be with us. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Would you stand together with me because um, we're gonna worship out of here but, um, and then we're gonna light our candles, obviously, but I wanna do the Lord's Prayer together. We just did a series going through this and it means a lot to all of us. And we're gonna put it up there so that you know we're gonna do trespasses. We're gonna kinda do the old English version and um, love for you to just join us and say this out loud if you would right now. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. Let's do some worship. <laughs>